Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to another episode of Fourth Wall, the podcast. My name is Elena Newell. And I am Corey. Today, Corey, we are talking with Jackie Alexander. He is the current artistic director of the North Carolina Black Repertory Theater, which also produces the National Black Theater Festival every other Mm -hmm. year. Mm -hmm. And today we just talked about all things black theater and what it means to be a black artist in this industry right now. Yeah, honestly, I, you know, such a good conversation coming your way. So I hope you guys are, you know, ready to, you know, get your notepad because there's a few gems in here. There's a few gems. He's he's done everything. He like he acted through New York and L.A. for like 10 years. And then he produced his own film and then directed it. And he just be doing a lot of things, y'all. And so it was super great. And he's super well connected. If there's anyone in Black Theater, he knows who they are and they know who he is. Most importantly, come on. So, yeah, like Corey said, get your notepad out, get your iPhone notes open, okay? And take some (laughs) notes, because he tells you what you need to know, okay? Come on, don't you miss it. Don't you miss a single beat. Don't you miss it. (laughs) Okay, guys, enjoy the episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Fourth Wall. Today, we are here with Jackie Alexander. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, my pleasure. Happy to be here. Yes. Are you joining us from North Carolina? Are you in North Carolina right now? I am. I'm in Winston-Salem. Yeah. Come on, Greensboro. <laughs> Greensboro in the house. <laughs> oh, great. I love that. We're all in North Carolina in some way, shape, or form. We are all in North Carolina. That's great. Um. Okay, so let's just start. So how did you like initially discover the arts? How did you initially decide you wanted to pursue a career in the arts? Uh, I started my career as an actor, uh, trained at the American Academy of Dramatic Arts, worked in theater and film between New York and Los Angeles for about uh, 10 years, maybe a little longer. Um, I wrote and directed a movie in 2002 called Joy that uh, won the Black Filmmakers Hall of Fame Best Feature Film, and that kind of transitioned me into a directing career. Um, And I started getting called to direct different pieces, started working at the Billy Holiday Theater. I worked there as a director, producer, and actor for about 15 years. And in 2012 was asked if uh, I'd be interested in becoming artistic director. So I kind of fell into the position of artistic director. I worked there as artistic director for about four years and they actually closed for reconstruction. They were closing for two years, the theater was being renovated. And by chance, uh, months after that happened, after it closed, North Carolina Black Rep called me and said they were looking for an artistic director. So uh, I had been to the festival, was a huge fan of National Black Theater Festival, which is produced by NC Black Rep. And so I flew down, interviewed, was offered the job, uh, jumped at the chance and ended up moving here in July. Well, actually I started work in July, but I was directing a show in New Orleans. So I didn't move to Winston-Salem until like September of 2016. And uh, been here ever since. And it's, it's been a great four years up to this point. Yeah, it's right at four years, a little four years. 
do you have any black artists who you looked up to growing up or um, that made you feel like you could pursue this as a career that, you know, you saw them and you were like, mm, I want to do just what they did? Oh, wow. Uh, Sidney Poitier and Harry Belafonte are, are two of, mainly because they were the first people, uh, one of the, the, Poitier was a leading man in Hollywood, like one of the first black leading men. And Harry Belafonte's, not only his artistic uh, excellence, but his commitment to social justice, social college, social change. Like, so I kind of got started following them and that led me to Ozzie Davis and Ruby D. But it wasn't until I got to New York and really met, you know, people, Woody King, Marjorie Moon, you know, people who really were the, formed the groundwork for black theater in the seventies and eighties and nineties. These are the people who I looked up to. Uh, but Sidney Portier and Harry Belafonte probably are the two names that jump out that I was like, oh, I, I, I want to be like them. Beyond just the, their artistic careers, I wanted to uh, follow. They, they are very committed to African-American community, African-American theater, social justice, human, humanitarian, you know, so they're just two people I really kind of looked at and was like, oh, if I could just follow on their footpath, I'd be, I'd be happy. Yeah. <laughs> so you are obviously the artistic director of the North Carolina Black Repertory Theater and produce the National Black Theater Festival every two years. Yes. Every odd numbered year. Yes. Awesome. And then you, like you were talking about, you were previously the artistic director for the Billie Holiday Theater. Um, a lot of guests that we have here, um, a lot of their talks have been about having to be constantly immersed in all white theater spaces and they have to assimilate and they have to adjust and things like that. What does it mean to you to know that you are actively running a space for black artists to feel um, like they're most whole, if that makes sense? Uh, grateful because black theater basically gave me a career in New York as a actor, writer. They, they were the, you know, the black theater audience were the people who supported me as a writer. Uh, my first couple of shows sold out really well and that kickstarted my career as a playwright uh, in New York. So I've been assisted, mentored. I, I wouldn't have a career without black theater. So to be able to work in it and give back uh, some of what I've been giving, it, it's, I'm very grateful for that opportunity. Um, yeah, grateful. Do you ever feel like, and like, do you feel that added responsibility of when you're picking uh, content or picking shows, like feeling the weight of being like, I, we are producing black theater. That's not something people always have direct access to. I want to make sure that it's good. I want to make sure that it's um, telling us our stories. Do you ever feel like that added pressure kind of to make sure that you're telling our stories well or something like that? I don't know if pressure is the right word, responsibility. Um, there's a responsibility to produce, the, to find the best work I can to stay committed to discovering new writers. That's one of the things I've always been focused in my career as an artistic director. And again, I think it harkens back to so many people helped me. Uh, you know, I didn't really have the credits and people reached out and gave me opportunities. So focused on finding and developing new writers, um, new actors, giving people that first shot. That's very important to me. And, and being in this position allows me that. 
Speaking of that, um, so I have a few friends that I grew up with that actually, um, the Point Studio of Dance, they uh, did a few shows at National Black Theater Festival. And I'll never forget the first year, I think, I can't remember if they took Lion King their first year, The Wiz, or if it was Annie. Um, and I'll never forget just seeing all their posts on social media about how excited they were. I mean, getting this shot, cause you know, you know, most of them haven't, you know, made it out of Greensboro, you know, they're still young, still growing and just seeing their excitement of, you know, being able to you know, showcase their talents, their gifts in front of a, um, in front of a broader audience, just, you know, it made me feel joy, you know, from the sidelines, like from behind. So, you know, you're doing some great <laughs> stuff out there. You know, you're really- Well, thank you. The point is actually one, one of our, they're always a hit at the festival. They bring great work. Yeah. I think they, I started, my first festival was artistic directors 2017, but I think they started coming in 2015, but their shows, people love their shows. I've seen all their shows. They do amazing work. So, uh, but that's what it's about. Showcasing companies from across the country. Uh, and, and what's so exciting about them is their kids. You know, they're so young and, and, doing this amazing work so yeah they're, they're amazing they're great to work with they they do a lot of special events with us also yeah shout out to the point <laughs> studio of dance <laughs> oh it's my turn um okay so with talks of equality in the arts a lot of people have different ideas of what we sh- um what we should do first to help black and brown artists feel seen what do you think has to be the first step or the first steps um, in that movement? Uh, taking control of your own artistic destiny, not waiting for anybody to make it happen. Uh, if you're a leader in a position where you can make things happen, don't wait, don't talk about it, go out and actively pursue change. Again, one of the things we wanted to do was discover new writers. Uh, one of the things I find really frustrating is when I see a a great new play and it's produced one time and disappears because theaters aren't connected. So in 2019, we created the Sylvia Sprinkle Hamlin Rolling World Premiere Award that the winner, winning playwright gets three, at least three regional productions in black theaters around the country. And we're gonna be presenting that award every festival. So that was, you know, we didn't wait on a grant. We didn't wait on uh, somebody to, discuss it and figure it out. We're like, we're going to do this. We actively pursued other theaters. Hattie Lou in Memphis and the Ensemble Theater in Houston joined us the first year. So we had three theaters for the Rolling World premiere in 2021. Next year, we have five theaters on board. So that's actively making change. Now I'm, I'm in a black institution. So uh, it's a little different for that question posed to me. But from my point of view, it's actively pursuing change and and not waiting for somebody to do it for you, Uh, taking control of your artistic destiny. I guess I'll go back to that phrase is, that was kind of my motto as an artist and it's transitioned as a leader uh, because it's easy to discuss and talk and talk about a problem and talk about a problem. But until you, you know, sometimes you just have to say, we're gonna do this, I don't know how. But once you put it out there, then the, I guess pressure is the word here, you're gonna make it happen. You gotta make it happen. Like we've announced this. And uh, I've done that multiple times in in my career. Uh, I put it, I said I was gonna produce a film, uh, my first film. 
and I put it out there and people, what's happening? And it took me four years, which is actually not that long, but you, you make it happen. You find a way to make it happen. Yes. Yeah. You just said you were talking about like following your artistic destiny and we've been talking to a lot of guests about like purpose and finding your purpose in the arts. Um, what are some uh, maybe like books or things that have helped you discover um, what your true purpose is? I mean, there are a lot of great books I read coming out of acting school, but but what really has made the difference to me is being in the room with the right people. And that, that's just been a blessing. I've been very fortunate in that sense. But I always tell actors, get in the room. You know, if you have to be the person who's at the door, monitoring the door, get it. Hamilton, you know, you gotta be in the room. Uh, getting in the room is just a, a, as a fly on the wall. However, you can get in the room and hear what's going on and hear those conversations early on in your career. Uh, if it's only saying hello to someone, you'd be amazed how many times I've only said hello to an actor, but I've said hello to them. They, they're everywhere. And by the sixth time, I'm like, who is that? Every time, you know, everywhere I am, they're there. And I kind of admire that. I take note of it. If I see the same person and they're there and they're polite and how you doing and they're asking questions, sooner or later, you're like, who is that? And when you get someone who's in a position of, of, of making a change in your career to know who you are, that's the biggest, that's a huge step because now I'm asking, who are you? And I already like you because I'm like, they're a hustler. They're always here. They're always doing something. Uh, there's no ego there. You know, one time I saw them sweeping the floor. The next time I saw them greeting people. Who is that? Um, so acting any artistic uh, endeavor you got to be a hustler. You really have to hustle, you know, and I came up in New York, which is the hustle capital of the world. You know, you, you got to be everywhere all the time. And, uh, but you'll get noticed. We actually did an artist profile of an actor. I, I, Stephen Hill, who's a regular on Magnum PI now. But when Stephen started, he was in a couple of my shows that directed him in and we became friends, but Stephen was everywhere. I mean, everywhere I go, Steve would show up. He auditioned for everything. He did every independent film. He was always doing something. Now he's a regular on a show that has 10 million viewers a week. So, you know, and a lot of it had to be, he just shows up. He was in front of so many people so many times. Like, oh, okay. And talent and hard work, you know, you can't, um, that, that matters. But uh, sometimes it's just showing up, being there. Okay, so with um, the virus happening and, you know, having a lot of downtime, what have you um, been doing these past few months to keep yourself, you know, refreshed and, you know, feeling that joy when you might not, you know, feel it the most? You know, what have you been doing, um, whether it's, you know, a book you've read or, um, you know, a show you've been watching, you know, what have you been doing to keep yourself, you know, moving forward while we're all standing still right now? What's funny is the, the past six months have never been busy. Uh, it's probably oh. been the busiest time since I took this job. Um, the hustle of finding new ways to fund theater, new ways to present theater. We've been busy. Uh, we had a show opening, was scheduled to open a week before the shutdown. So it was a world premiere. We had to shut everything down. But since that time, we've done uh, 
about seven virtual events that's probably reached over 15,000 people. We've done a filmed live stage production, uh, which was streamed on October 29th. We've done a reading series with the Southeastern Contemporary uh, Center for the Arts, SICA here in Winston-Salem. So we've been really, really busy. And on top of that planning, because now all of a sudden we don't know when you'll be able to do live theater again. So we're planning two more uh, streamed productions. And that's a whole, you know, that's a whole new learning curve as opposed to presenting live theater, we're filming it. So trying to figure out what cameras we need, what editing equipment we need, what's the best way to present it online. Uh, how do we tap into a new audience? You know, for the last show, we brought on a marketing person from New York to tap into our, because we have an international audience from the fast festival. So one of the positive things is, okay, well, wait a minute. Now people can see theater. All they have to do is click a button. So we can tap into our audience everywhere. We're working on a new streaming platform because, you know, in the arts, once a door opens, it never closes. So now that people are presenting streaming productions, that's never going to go away. So luckily we were out ahead of that curve. We're trying to work on the streaming platform where we'll be presenting online content year round, where we'll be presenting a hybrid of the festival where some of it's, and you know, if you can't make it to Winston-Salem, you can experience it online. So uh, the challenges have forced people to be creative and how you get your art out there, how you keep your audience engaged, how you keep producing. And of course, we have a festival next year. You know, we're planning as if we will be able to do the festival. We're planning a full festival in 2021. So it, it's funny, this has been the busiest time. We've got a world premiere of a new doctor, uh, a show based on Dr. Maya Angelou that has been picked up for Broadway. So it's in development. Nambi E. Kelly. Nambi Kelly, yes, yeah, she's done some stuff in school. So there's so much we've been working on. And when you factor in, we've also had to lay people off. So there are less of us doing the work. It's been an incredibly busy time. I'm actually looking forward to the last two weeks of the year because that'll be the first kind of break we have. But on January 4th, we go into rehearsal for uh, our Freedom Summer, the world premiere, which we're filming and it's gonna be live streamed. And you know, production is a whole nother thing now. You've got to test actors, you've got to put them in a bubble, you've got to figure out how you're going to handle rehearsals. So it, it's, it's an incredibly busy time, but a lot of good things are coming out of it. Yes. Yeah, that's incredible. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. Do you think there's going to be, do you think this digital transition um, do you think that's going to open up the space for more like new artists, more new works, more um, space for new artists to come in and create things? Yes. I mean, just like the digital age, you know, you can shoot a movie with your iPhone now, uh, you know, just like that assisted filmmakers. Yes. Uh, there's still there's such a demand to be noticed. But that's where the hustle comes in. If you have the content, figuring out a way to get it in front of people. But of course, being able to just have someone click a button or be walking down the street and click a button and see your work. Yes, that opens the door. The people who do hustle will get their work out there because you just have to put in the time and put in the energy and effort. I mean, I, I know now I see on Instagram, you know, people constantly posting stories. And it's that same thing. It's like, 
who is this? Every time I pick up my phone, there's something new on it. So all of a sudden I know who they are. Every once in a while I catch myself watching. And if you see something you like, well, who is this person? Let me call, maybe they can do something. So yes, that was a long-winded answer to say yes. I think <laughs> it definitely opens the door uh, if you're willing to put in the work to get noticed. Yes. Okay, this might be a hard, tricky question that you might not want to answer. But if you had to pick, if you had to pick one show from the National Black Theater Festival that's moved you in a way that you just never knew you'd be moved, just you know, it just excited you. It, you know, what would that be? It could be from any of your years that you've attended. But what, what, if you could pick one? Uh, one show that moved me. Wow, that that is a really tough question. I, I I directed a show called Maid's Door that was at the 2015 and 2017 festivals, written by Cheryl Davis, who's a staff writer on uh, Law and Order S. I always say it wrong. SVU. I was about to say SUV. SVU. Um, that I, I I directed the world premiere of the show in in, in New York years ago. But I always it deals with Alzheimer's, and I think it's just so, the way she writes the play is so beautifully done that I'm always moved. And I, I've worked on the show for years, but every time I see it, I, I move, but I'm connected to that one. So that's kind of a, a, a cheap answer. Um, man, I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, that, that's a tough question. I've been coming to every festival since 2005. So I've seen a lot of shows at the festival. Uh, and a lot, well, that, that shows you the quality of the work because I, I hesitate to say one because I don't want to, I know, I don't want to forget one and say it and then be like, oh. I set you up, I'm sorry, <laughs> I set you up, I set you up, I set you up. Okay, well, we are running out of time, but we're just gonna have a couple more questions. Okay. My question is, if you could talk to a young Jackie or just a young boy, a young black child entering theater, entering this industry, um, what is something you would tell them that you wish someone told you? Uh, it's it's going to require a, a great deal of work. Don't do it if you're looking to become a star. Uh, you'll never, you know, you won't survive because the chances of that happening are so slim. I'm not saying it can't happen. But if that's your driving force, if that's how you define success, it's going to be a lot of failure along the way. Um, stay humble. And, and always put your, uh, this, I'm not sure how, to, how I want to phrase this or get this and verbalize it. Uh, but that first impression, when you walk in a room, uh, people, Don't burn bridges. I guess that's where I'm going. Don't burn bridges. Uh, lose your ego. You know, sometimes producer might be in a bad mood, a director might be in a bad mood. Take it and walk out the room. Okay, I'm not saying you should be abused, but uh, uh, it's weird because you can't be in a bad mood. Let me flip it that way. You can't walk into a room in a bad mood, mm. ever. Mm -hmm. So you're better off not going that day. If, if you woke up and you're in a bad mood, don't walk into a room and let the room know it. Because right. people remember, and sometimes it's sad to say, 
I shouldn't say that because I remember positive attitudes. I, I, I make a point if someone's, oh, this is another thing. I'm giving you a whole list. <laughs> Respond, be responsive. Uh, check your email. Even if it's not your mode of communication, I know sometimes like, oh, I don't check email. It's like, well, I send stuff through email and I'm hiring you. So you, if you don't check it, you don't get the job. Be responsive. Be able to be contacted. That's the worst feeling in the world when somebody is looking to hire you and they can't get in touch with you. If I email you for a gig on Tuesday and I don't hear from you until Friday, I'm not going to hire you. The audition might not be until the next week, but it's like you took four days to get back to me. Meanwhile, the other 100 actors we emailed got back to me within 24 hours the next day, even quicker. So be professional, always be professional. Uh, that makes a difference. I try to make a point of when people, it's that same thing. Actors who consistently show up are consistently responsive, consistently give good work. If I can't hire them, a lot of times it has nothing to do with their talent, but I'm making a note. I like that person. They're always polite when they come in. They're always in a good mood. I love their energy. They're always responsive. Even if it means I might start asking about them. Hey, do you know this kid? Like they've shown up, blah, blah, blah. I can honestly say I've sought out people like that after having seen them and known them. I've sought them out to find work for them just because I like them. I don't know, but I like them. And then I hear people ask questions. I will call other writers. I will, if I see your resume and I see you've worked with somebody, I'm probably going to know them in New York. I'm going to know somebody on your resume. I'm going to call them. What are they like? If I hear nothing but good things and it's the same energy I've been getting from you, at some point I'm gonna find something for you. And, and uh, so that was a lot. And I don't even remember what I said, but all of those things. <laughs> I hope y'all were taking notes because he just, he just gave you all, he gave it, he gave it to you. So I hope you wrote it down. Okay, so one last question from me. Um, so do you have, any current obsessions that are just, you know, make your heart so happy? It could be a song, an artist. Uh, okay. Okay. And why? Why? It's kind of sad. Gregory's brother, uh, Lloyd, died from COVID earlier this year. And uh, I knew Lloyd. We weren't great people, but we had known each other. And uh, for whatever reason, a couple of months ago, I friend of mine who was really good friends with Lloyd sent me a trailer about his life and it, some pictures of him and Greg and I just started listening to Gregory's CDs and uh, uh, I don't know he's just an amazing writer I love his music and the whole connection so I've been listening to him nonstop. and he just had a new CD that came out maybe a month ago that's brilliant all rise so he, he that would be him right that would be it right now Elena, you? Oh my God, my current obsession? Oh no. Um, 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 current obsession. Right now, it's this podcast. It's called The Read. Um, it's like just like two black people living in New York talking about like pop culture and their lives um, and the world around us. Um, and it's just like nice, especially because uh, I go to a PWI to just like be immersed and like constantly hearing black voices talk in the way that I talk. Um, it's just nice to constantly like hear that in my ear and like feel um, 
like a sense of like compa- like camaraderie i think so that's what my current obsession is what about you i think mine might be so i went back um and moonlight has been on my you know to watch list on netflix for quite a while now but i went you know i watched it when it first came out but i went back and like actually like had time to like sit down and like you know analyze it man 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 that's some good stuff right there and i literally everything the you know the acting the storytelling the you know the the pictures that they created it just you know 10 out of, 11 out of 10 in my book mm-hmm. you can't if you haven't seen it's moonlight beautiful. you're welcome <laughs> yeah you're welcome like go watch it because honestly i i was moved from it and i know everyone who watches it can get something from it so right. do yourself the favor thank me later Go watch me. And if you're into theater, Terrell Alvin McCraney, like that's what started my like obsession with him because the movie is based on um, a play that he wrote and he wrote Choir Boy and he wrote Mm -hmm. a bunch of other stuff. And Mm -hmm. he has a show on OWN. I don't remember the name of the show, but like everything that he writes, like has the same level of like artistry and like color is infused Mm -hmm. in it. And and so if you're like a theater buff, you're like, I need a new playwright. I mean, he's not new. So like, where have you been? But like. Terrell Alvin McCraney. Jackie, thank you so much for sitting here with us. Yes. And listening to us thank talk. you guys for having me. Before we go, where can, if people want to interact with uh, NC Black Rap, or they want to interact with you, where can they find everything on the interwebs? ncblackrep.org. If you don't do anything else, go there, click on our YouTube page, and Check out our document, a trailer for our documentary, Holy Ground, the Legacy of the National Black Theater Festival, which we, we shot the entire 2019 festival and shooting the 2021 festival. The festival is like a who's who of black theater legends and you, you'll catch a lot of them in the trailer. Learn about the festival. Yes. Y'all heard it. All Go right, to so. blackrep.org, okay? <laughs> Thank you so much, Jackie. We're going to let you go, but thank, thank you, you so much for taking the time out of your day to sit with us. This is My awesome. pleasure. Thank you, guys. Take care. You just listened to another episode of Fourth Wall, the podcast. If you like Fourth Wall, head over to Apple Podcasts and give us five stars. You can also follow our journey on Instagram at This Is Fourth Wall and on Facebook at Fourth Wall. And if you have any questions, ideas for new episodes, thoughts, want to submit a letter that we can read aloud, or just want to say hey, email us at fourthwallthepodcast at gmail.com. That is fourthwallthepodcast at gmail.com. All right, y'all. I hope you guys have an amazing, amazing week. And we will see you next time for some good, I mean, good conversation on Fourth of All, the podcast. Bye, y'all.